0: Hello, everyone. Uh, This is Terrence Brown, and these are the Brownie Points. Um, I wanted to start out um, to kind of continue my episodes by recognizing um, people or um, groups or people that have made historical um, findings and research and everything of that nature. Um, last month was February, so av- obviously um, I was recognizing somebody of African American descent or Black History for our Black History Month. Um, this month is the March, our this month is March, and I want to celebrate um, all of the women um, in our history, um, all of the women who have made contributions to um, to different facets of life, science politics, law, sports, arts, entertainment, and any other fields um, that they have contributed to. Um I pay homage to mothers out there, um, single parent mothers, um, mothers that are, you know, at home, mothers who have to work and take care of their families. Um, I pay homage to the women that are in the workforce, um, in the industry of education. And any other industry um, that people would deem as more male dominant, um, women are out there killing it, Um, especially like women in business. I pay homage to them Um, and just all around just the historical achievement that women have gone through throughout history um, and the things that they've had to go through in order to seek equality um, with men. So, um I think that's um beneficial and it's monumental monumental to speak upon um, because we have some extraordinary, some extraordinary women in history um, My wife is an extraordinary person who is a great mother and she also um, is a nurse um, so I pay homage to her I pay homage to my mom and my aunt um, and the things that they've done um you know women are kind of the cornucopia of what men are today. If it wasn't for them in existence, um, we wouldn't be here, first off. Second, we would not be molded into some of the people that we are today, and we wouldn't have some of the things that we have today because of women. Um, I am not below being humble in saying that. Um, I love women, and I love the things that they have contributed to not only my life, but um, the existence of all people, and some of the things and some of the extraordinary inventions and um things that we have in our everyday life um they have to be dedicated to those women and the um and just kind of the ferocity and the power that women have in this world um you can't go without living without recognizing that and um i just want to dedicate this episode to all of the women out there who do what they do and are successful at what they do and who have paved the way for equality um amongst women of all amongst all women and amongst men. Um my name is Terrence Brown and these are the Brownie points. Alright you guys um so I haven't done a podcast in like maybe a week and a half. I'm slacking so um i figure um since um this topic is something that is kind of a universal thing um for everybody because of the platform in which people use it to um, the extent of their livelihood and kind of become a part of our civilization as of as of now in regards to the way we live our livelihood Um, the things that we look forward to and kind of has become uh, a facet of our lives today. Um, Today, we're going to talk about social media and kind of the dichotomy between social media and the reality or the realization that we live in um, aside from that. So uh, as always, I want to start you guys out with a quote, kind of get you guys thinking. The socialization of social media outlets has predicated an existence with a livelihood exempt from people actually living, breathing, and hearts beating, but a reality perceptualized by tapping, clicking, and typing. Our lives have become a series of algorithms, not empirical moments. So um, I think that speaks to everything that I am going to be talking about in regards to social media. And how we kind of perceive the notion of the the expression of social media and how we express ourselves and how we kind of identify ourselves when we're talking about social media and when we're talking about um, online use, internet, um, and just digital media as a whole. And how consumed we are with it just because it's so... It's such a monumental part of our livelihood and the things that we do in our spare time. Um, even even when we're at work and even just if we're at home, it's such a, such a paramount piece of our existence as of now, just because of the onset of the cell phone, the onset of internet even before that, the onset of interacting and um, engaging with other people um, via social media, whether that's Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, um, Twitter, any of these social media outlets. Um, And that also includes digital outlets such as Netflix, um, Hulu, um, and any of the other um, platforms that are utilized by not only us as um, consumers and people that watch it, but also those who use it to network, to interact with other people for business purposes and things related to um, those platforms. So I kind of want to hit you guys with um, just some statistics in regards to those things and just the things that um, I think are important to state before I kind of get into the meat and potatoes of what I want to talk about in regards to social media. Um, So Um, for most people um, our population is a little over 7 billion people that exist um, in the planet earth Um, there are over 4 billion internet users um, and out of those 4 billion internet users are the 4.5 billion internet users 3.7 billion people are active on some type of social media outlet meaning that they have some type of username, they have, a, um, they have a platform or they have posted something online. Um, the average person or the average people have about 6.6 social media accounts. That means out of all of the social media platforms, most people on average have at least seven active social media accounts for different platforms, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, Um, Twitter, um, Tumblr, any of those things that would be considered social media outlets where you are interacting with other people online. Um, 91% of retail brands use social media channels or social media outlets to um, push um, or endorse um, specific products, brands. Um, 81% of small and medium businesses use some type of social media outlet. Um, Between 2018 and 2019, 328 million um, users are, I'm sorry, between 2018 and 2019, social media users grew by 328 million, which is monumental. That means before that time, they had less people and over 328 million people started using social media outlets between that time, which is very paramount to kind of the, the usage and the popularity of social media outlets. Um, What else would be monumental for that? When asked, um, when asked to teenagers, 81% of teenagers Felt that social media had positive effects on their lives. Um, which is an interesting take on it. Um, just granted the fact that I work with teenagers. And um, that's not always the case. Um, so, so from that point on, there was kind of a diagram that was created in regards to social media platforms. And kind of the healthiness and unhealthy related factors that were better or worse when people engaged or interacted with social media. Um, one of the biggest things that um, kind of fell into the, um, the parameters of positivity was people were able to um, express themselves. So self-expression was one of the biggest things and one of the biggest reasons for people um, engaging and interacting with social media. Um, another one was self-identity, um, people being able to derive um, an identity for themselves through social media. Um, also, another big one was community building, um, as well as emotional support. Um, so I'm just going to name a few off from that one. Some of the negative ones that were kind of brought up in regards to um, some negative um outlets in regards to social media was people tended to be depressed, anxious, um, issues of body image, bullying, um, fear of missing out, meaning fear of missing out on posts or social media um, outlet events, as well as one of the biggest ones was um, sleep quality um, and the amount of sleep people were getting. So that was some of the negative or worse um, criticisms of social media and people being on it. Um, So I think some of those things are monumental stats in regards to this whole topic of social media. Um, The representation of social media, um, I believe, um, when it was started, was to kind of not only get people kind of plugged in um, to the world around them, but... Um, also as a means to um, interact with different people, different cultures, um, to see what people are doing on a regular basis, um, even if they are not physically there. And I think that was kind of the, um, the initiative of a lot of the social media outlets is um, getting out there to market people in their everyday lives and the things that they were doing and some of the miraculous things that they were doing um and of course you know that is the the euphoric sense that people get when they think of social media or when they're posting pictures when they're posting videos when they are posting memes and things that they know people are going to view um it's a it it can be addictive um social media can it can also be uh, detrimental to self if all of your self-worth or uh, your self-worth comes from what people think about you in social media interactions and what they say and how they go about um viewing your profiles and things of that nature um so the focal point kind of this podcast and um uh, my brownie point in regards to kind of some of those statistics is that and what um I kind of get from it is that social media has become almost almost a tandem to the reality we're supposed to live. There are people out there who truly and utterly believe that their social media existence or their the personification of social media is the reality that they live in, as opposed to an alternate universe that they can engage in, but not necessarily exist in, because we exist in reality, and the reality is that a good chunk of people out there in the world, especially our youth, especially our young people out there, uh, tend to find themselves... um, discerning whether social media is a true reality or a contextualized system to make believe that that's the reality that they exist in. And, and it's hard to kind of explain to younger people, especially kind of the representation that they have to exude in social media. And also the, um, kind of the mental capacity to be able to separate the two, to be able to separate reality and the things that are going on um, in the present from the things that are going on in the digital world. And it's hard because you can tell the struggle that people have, um, especially younger people, um, the struggle they have with establishing their identity, um, establishing social skills, um, establishing things like um how they're gonna feel emotional stability um and things of that nature that they seem to have a problem with um in regards to kind of focalizing um what's real and what's not um so some of those stat- stats are staggering um And that's not to say and that's not to be crucial or to scrutinize anybody that uses social media. I myself use social media as well, and I think a lot of people do. Um, It's kind of archaic at this point in time if you're a person who hasn't dabbled in some type of internet use or social media use. Um, And part of that is because it's the world that we live in today. It's kind of how we become accustomed to things, It's how we get our information, it's how We get our current events. Um, It was the social media now is like the newspaper back in the 70s. Um, It was our means of receiving information, news, um, what's going on in the world, and um, kind of um, different outlets for people to do things. That's kind of what it is now. A little different from it because it's like there's you know, we can respond back and forth. We can comment, we can like, we can dislike, we can heart, you know, and all of these di- these different emojis that we typically use, um, for the favor of response to other social media things and tweets and all of these things that we refer to as kind of, um, key concepts in the world of social media. Um, it's, Um, one thing I want to respond to, um, in regards to kind of laying out all of that, um, that data for you guys is the mental health aspect of social media. And one thing I want to point out is kind of first and foremost is, like I said before, social media can be addicting, um, if your day is consumed with a screen in your face and you kind of alleviate yourself of any social interactions in the reality or you feel preoccupied preoccupied or you're mentally preoccupied or your reality is you know your reality may be too bleak to live in so Social media becomes an escape, um, or um, kind of a, or if you're trying to modify your experiences through social media, um, things of that nature can conceal um, the reality that we're supposed to be living in. And so it can become addicting. And it can also become addicting to the point where we forget um, and we can't distinguish the two. We can't distinguish the social media universe from the reality we're supposed to live in and there are people that get to that point and so one of the things that I stress and one of the brownie points in regards to that is you have to find time to find meaningful interactions in the reality that you live in that means going out with people hanging out with them that means going and having conversations in person with people that means when you're at when you're at home and you're with your family that means putting your phone down and interacting with the world around you interacting with the people around you doing things that would characterize you as being a person and being in existence and having a livelihood outside of your cell phone, outside of your computer, outside of social media, outside of texting and Netflix and all of these things that we get self-absorbed in um, and they kind of mess with our psychological um, approach to the life that we live in. Um, One of the things that is innate about human beings is that we can exist without communication. But in saying that, communication has kind of dwindled down and been diluted to the communication that exists in social media and through text message and through computer typing and through memes and emojis and all of these things that kind of exist in our present, in our present day communication, which would be considered indirect communication because we're not actually communicating with each other. We are doing it digitally. We are doing it indirectly. Um, so one of my brownie points to all people is learn to discern the time that's spent on social media. Learn to find an existence um in the real world um because a lot of the things that social media holds um is for you know it can be fun and it can be and it can be cool and you can find out a lot of things and a lot of information but in doing that and kind of delving into those things a lot of people become introverted from those things and a lot of people can't control the excessiveness of the use of social media and social networks and um, digital media outlets um, just for the simple fact that it's part of our everyday lives. And it's one of the things that people kind of look forward to when they're not at work, when they're not at school, um, when they're not out and about. And that's kind of one of the things that we as a people have to work on. Um, Just walking around, uh, looking at people, and 90% of the time, people are not even conversating with each other. Um, I've gone places, I've gone to like Starbucks, and I've gone to, you know, stores and malls, and I've gone to all of these places. And I kid you not, 90% of the people have a phone, like, hugged up, to their eyes, not even paying attention to where they're walking to or where they're going. Um, the only difference in that and being at home is the ambience of a different environment. But they're doing the same exact thing. They're on their cell phones. And when they're not on their cell phones and they're communicating with other people, they're communicating about social media. Uh, did you know that almost 80, over 80% of conversations that are had in the actual world and actual communication has to do with events or things or drama or anything that's going on in social media. That's crazy. That's to say that a majority of my conversations or anybody else's, any given person is talking about social media things and things that are happening in the digital world, not in the real world. And that's alarming. That That's almost to say that our reality does that our reality is a figment of our imagination is what it's to say because if all we talk about is social media and all we think about is social media, then when is there time to ever live in the reality we're supposed to live in um, It says that a lot of the psychological symptoms that come from excessive use of social media and, um, internet is withdrawing from people. Um, also, um, finding an overindulgence and dependency on people. Anxiety runs high, um, for those who go without social media. If a person is not able to check their, their Facebook or their Instagram or their Snapchat, people go into literal anxiety from it, or if they don't have their phone on them at that very moment in time, people get anxious. So it's it's just kind of the world that we live in right now. And like I said, it's just like, you can see some of that, some of those symptoms and some of the things that plague people because of their over-addictive characteristics to, Social media things, and if and not even talking about social media, just people's dependency on digital, digital outlets, digital devices. I've been in I've been in situations where I take a student's phone away because the students at the school that I work at are not supposed to have cell phones on at all, um, and if they're caught using them, we take them away. I've had kids have their phones taken away and immediately go into what would be deemed as shock because they don't know how to exist without their cell phone being right in their hands and right in their pockets. And it's interesting to see because we have come into a world where our dependency and our livelihood relies so much on digital devices and social media that we can't function literally and physically without those things in our clutches. And I think it's so interesting to see people like that. I was like, because you can take my phone from me and I'm okay because I didn't grow up having a cell phone. I grew up playing basketball outside all day. Now, if you take a basketball from me, I'm, I'm going to get a little anxious. Or if you take a court from me, I mean, you get a little anxious, but that's because I grew up with that. I didn't grow up having a cell phone. I didn't get my first cell phone and it was a Blackberry until I was almost out of college. I was like 22 years old when I got my, my first, my very first cell phone. And now I see elementary school kids and, um, kids that are even younger than, you know, kindergarten that know how to navigate on digital devices better than some of the adults that I know. And that just lets you kind of know the world that we're in right now and kind of this digital phenomenon that we kind of exist in right now. Um, So like I said, my brownie point to you guys is learn to experience life um, or at least a portion of your life and your livelihood without having to be so dependent on digital devices and social media. um, I challenge people to be able to kind of, you know, not be on your phone so much, not be on Netflix so much, not have your face in your computer so much, not doing some of the things that you guys normally do on a regular basis. Because I promise you, like, if you kind of this um kind of desensitize yourself to some of that time that you spend on social media and digital outlets you're going to feel your wellness to be a lot more greater and your anxiety is going to be a lot more lower because of because you're not so worried about what's going on and what you're deeming yourself to be missing out on uh so my brownie point to you is take some time out and actually physically communicate with people. Um, Do some things that you haven't done. Explore the world around you. And not just through um, social media and digital outlets, but actually go out and about and do some things. Um, You'll find it a lot more rewarding than seeing it on a screen. I promise you. So my next thing that I want to talk about, um, I want to talk specifically, kind of want to go in deeper about social media and its effects on teenagers, specifically teenagers. Um, I think social media kind of um, has desensitized um, our teenagers to living in an existence that that has been provided for them um i see it a lot um i see i kind of see the disassociation to what reality is um what education is um and just kind of the things that are going on in their mind um i see less development um because social media has kind of plagued the minds of our teenagers Um, I see a lot less feelings and emotions and emotional unavailability, but I see a lot more emotions that are derived from what's going on in social media. I've seen anger. I've seen, I've seen crying depression. I've seen, um, kids upset. I've seen the onset of you know, resentment towards friends and family just because of things that are being said. Um, Anxiety, loneliness. Um, I've seen people, um, I've seen kids go to the point of suicidal ideation um, in regards to some of the posts that are happening on the platforms. Um, And it's sad. It's, you know, it's really unfortunate. Because something that could potentially be really great and really positive is such a negative thing with teenagers. And it's because they invest so much of their well-being in what social media has to offer. And when it doesn't beget the results or the expectation that, that teenagers want, that's when the problems and the challenges come about. Like I said, one of the biggest things is indirect communication. Um, As you know, the typical teenager has already has has a kind of a barricade um, in regards to communication skills and social skills. Um, So now if I put a phone in front of them, that definitely stifles that communication barrier even more so because there is there is no account of communication for them if it's outside of the things that they depend on most i depend on my my instagram i depend on my twitter my facebook my snapchat to give me the social euphoria that i need in order to survive in that day or in that you know in that livelihood in the social media universe um so interactions like that Um, create create a stigma for real honest reality type conversations and communication um I don't know about you guys but every time I've talked to a lot of teenagers those conversations are either really short or they have to be extremely subjective in order for the communication to actually work um And it's hard sometimes because you have to kind of find um, a window or a door of exploration to talk to some of the teenagers and kind of get some of their actual opinions on things when you're talking to them directly. Um, I mean, of course, like talking about the reality of things um, with teenagers is always a good approach and talking about life as a whole is always a good approach but um you can just tell with some some students that that they've kind of checked out of reality and that social media and the digital universe is more or less their their outlet of choice as opposed to interactions in the real reality um when students and teenagers are on social media um because there is no clear communication on there and because it's so convoluted with um the idea of analyzing and overthinking what people are saying because we can't see their emotions we can't see their feelings we can't see their physical body and how they're reacting when they are um, expressing themselves um we tend to become less of risk takers you're not taking a risk by talking over social media it's more risk taking to be out and about and trying to make friends that's a risk taking type of thing um maintaining relationships um being together um part of the Kind of part of the healthy part of self-esteem is knowing how to say what you think and how you feel about things even if they're not agreeable with other people um being emotionally risky is part of the realization of reality um but like I said that becomes diluted when we're when we're in the when we're in the realm of social media and we're in the realm of you know the digital world digital media um a lot of that stuff um becomes falsified to be honest and you can kind of create feelings and you can create thoughts that may not be yours but for um but can be personified in a social media um facade and and that's another thing too is just like a lot of the teenagers now um they're not even themselves when they're on these social media platforms they are trying to personify somebody else that they would love to be, or they're trying to, you know, kind of throw people off and thinking that they're somebody that they're really not. And that can become scary, um, especially thinking about how many people are on social media, how many falsified accounts that are on their burner accounts, as some of the kids would call them um and some of the the people out there that kind of use social media as a ploy to you know bring in um impressionable young minds to doing things that may be um dangerous so um cyberbullying and um that's one of the biggest issues that I've come across is that People feel really brolic when they are on a social media platform and they are talking all the trash in the world to other people because they know nothing will happen because everybody is under the illusion that if I say it on here um, where I'm protected, even if that person comes across me in person, our communication skills are so so lacking that they won't come and say anything to me anyway. Um, And that's really how it is. I've seen it. I've seen kids have beef with each other just out of the blue and it all be via social media. They're not going to come and communicate with each other. They're not going to say anything to each other. They're not going to approach each other at all. They're just continuing to be mad or sad or upset at each other. And those battles happen via the digital world. Um, But a lot of that kind of jeopardizes the development of actual social skills. And that's why a lot of kids nowadays lack in social skills. Um, This generation in particular have issues reading and writing. And part of that is because their, their anatomy of professional talk and education comes from text messaging. It comes from um, abbreviations, abbreviating everything, not even saying complete words. And I mean that's unfortunate, um, just because there's a there is a stifled learning and access point in which kids are not gaining knowledge from, but they're actually digressing in the things that they're supposed to be learning. Um, so it, it it's just, it's weird. Like when you think of those things and you think of how so many adolescents and so many teenage um, people kind of live in an atmosphere online that is completely and utterly contrary to the reality that they live in. And that can be scary. Um, It can also be confusing because you are not representing the person that you are, but you are representing the person that you have created. And I think that's important to say because you want to be a person that is making sure that your ideologies and the person that you are um, is exuded in the things that you do. And that includes social media and that includes how you communicate and talk to people. Um, So some of those pressures come with that. Um, A lot of people seek social media out um, as a means to, to kind of not be ignored, to be heard, to be, you know, to be watched, to, to be kind of plugged in and connected with other people. To gain attention, to gain notoriety to gain to gain fame um, to gain fortune for some uh, but at what cost does that come and that just kind of brings you brings me back to the integrity thing um, if your conversations and the things that you're doing um, dictate the integrity of who you are and what you're supposed to represent. And that's a big problem. And um, you, you lose yourself in that and you lose your identity in that. And you learn to disassociate yourself from the identification of what you were and who you are and what you stand for. If, if you have kind of negotiated the terms of being kind of a social media plant, as you know, given like less of a word for, um, but yeah, you don't need to seek attention from social media, you don't need to seek attention from anybody. But people feel so intrigued by social media and the things that it can do, and the notoriety, and um, just kind of the exposure that people have to it, that people feel the need to have to do some of the things that they do in order to have that feeling of people care and not feeling lonely. Um, but because somebody presses a like button doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to not be alone. You're still alone and they still don't, you know, they're still not around you because they're not physically there with you. Um, so that's kind of one of the things that people have to kind of understand is that, there is no certainty in what people are, are going to be there for and, you know, if people truly are caring about you and if people are going to truly support you. And I'm talking about in reality. So imagine that for social media, I was like for people that have never seen you and know nothing about you outside of the things that you post. So we have to be able to discern the two, the reality and the social media. Um, because there is a dichotomy between them both and, and it exists because reality is dictates what we experience in our regular physical um, life. And social media is only a facade that is created how we experience life via the digital world. And the consummation of the two is um, discerning whether we live our lives based on <clears throat> digital media outlets, digital devices, or do we live our lives in the physical world? And that's just kind of a question you have to ask yourself when you're thinking about the things that you do, how much time you consume in social media, how much time you consume communicating with people in real life. Um, And just the kind of the full gravity of the things that you do Um, as a person in your everyday life. And um, are you really living your own life or are you living a life that has been predicated on um, what your existence is via computer, via um, email, via text message, via social media, via this, that, and the other that has to do with digital media and the digital world. Um, So that's something that we all need to think about. Um, I think about it on a regular day because there's times where it's just like I'm on my computer or I'm on my phone. I'm just like, you know what? I got to put this down. I'm like, I got to spend time with this. I got to go and communicate with people. I got to go talk to people Um, just because I feel myself. And that's my self-awareness in regards to just kind of sitting in front of a computer or sitting in front of, um, you know, my phone watching TV, because I have to recognize, too, that. I have children. I have a wife. I have friends. Um, I have colleagues at work that <clears throat> that benefit from our interactions and our communications. And I learn a lot more in those interactions and those in communications and seeing somebody's body language and seeing somebody's emotions and seeing how they feel. Um, it's There's nothing like it. And that's kind of the human condition in regards to knowing those things, because you can you can be aware of some of those things. But, you know, social media doesn't provide the the full scope in the full range of those emotions, those feelings, the body language um, and the communication um, piece in regards to knowing people. Um, so that's something that we should be aware of. And when we're talking about teenagers, we automatically have to talk about parents. If your son or your daughter spends more time on their phone than they do doing homework or talking to you or talking to friends, that's a big issue. Um, And I think as parents, you kind of have some leeway in regards to being able to kind of dictate how your household kind of um, compartmentalizes social media time, family time, communication time, um, and being able to kind of decipher the things that you want, you know, your family to engage in. Um, I have three boys and a girl. Um, two of my boys are old enough to use you know, cell phones and tablets and stuff of that nature. Um, But, you know, I try to do my best as a parent to make sure that that's not the only experience they are getting in life, that, you know, they're playing sports, that they're going outside, they're playing, Um, that we go and do different things to kind of show them a world in a reality outside of what they see on their tablets and what they see, you know, playing their video games and things of that nature. Um, so that their full attention is kind of more well-rounded than it is, you know, um, one-sided and that be the social media side of things. So, um, my brownie point, um, in regards to this conversation is to parents. Um, make sure you're having those conversations with, you know, your children, um, especially your teenagers, um, and making sure that they know that, you know, you want them to have access to everything. We're not talking about taking access away from them, but it's more so a conversation about, um, exploration of the world around them and not exploration of what they see on a screen, um, we have to help them in being able to communicate because that's part of the whole communication is learning to know that moments and our empirical moments um, are derived from actually going out and experiencing things. Um, You lose less, there's less motivation and less exploration In social media and digital devices because you're not moving around you're not doing anything you're just looking at other people live life or you're looking at other people do and it becomes diluted in the relationships that you may have with your children um, as a parent if you're not focusing on more exploration and more self-exploration for them um so My brownie point um, to parents is make sure that your children have an appropriate and healthy relationship and communication, not only with you, but with friends and other family members, but also being able to help them to balance their life um, in regards to social media outlets and digital devices. Because it does require a balance. And it's not to sit there and say that, oh, you need to get rid of social media and tablets and all of this digital stuff altogether. But it's to say that um, those things need to be used as an entertainment um, apparatus as opposed to um, a mechanism to um, isolate oneself from the reality that they live in. Um, and that can only be taught by parents. Um and I know a lot of parents out there who kind of use social media and digital devices as um as kind of a a pacifism um sh- strategy or you know schematic for pacifying their children um but we can't use that for that. It has to be used for entertainment purposes or um, for knowledge base or education or learning, um, but it can't be used for that. So um, this goes to parents, um, just making sure that you guys are utilizing social media outlets, digital v- devices, um, phones, computers um, for learning, and also instilling in your children the conceptualization of balance when we're talking about the digital world and we're talking about Our reality as a whole. So um, my next point, my next Brownie point, um, you have to be able to take a stance on reality. Um, I have a deep sense of satisfaction when I am able to communicate in person with my own words um, around people as opposed to doing it over text message or email or social media. Um, I have a deep sense of satisfaction for that because I come from a place where you stand by your word and your word is the reality in which you live. Um, there's a lot of people out there, especially in the the media world, and the digital media world, who only exist in social media to be able to talk and communicate in a way that they could never communicate in reality. And my thing is if you can say it over a text message or over an email or over social media outlets, then you should be able to say it in person. Um and I'm a big I'm a big advocate for that because I like to think that my communication is great in person. Other people may not think that because if you come from if you come from the notion that that whatever you're saying in person shouldn't be cruel or mean or shouldn't be raw, um then I'm probably not the person that is best suitable for you to talk to. Um I just think that the whole communication over social media and digital outlets is so passive aggressive. Um, There's a lot of people on there who are introverted, that are meek, that are shy, who get on the social media outlets and are some of the big, some of the most opinionated people on the planet. But then when you talk to them in person, they're as meek as a mouse. And I don't think that to be correct. I think that the ideology behind our psychoanalytical stance on our reality versus our social media reality comes from the vulnerability of communication and people being able to see our emotions and how we feel and eye contact and our body language. And I think that's what makes people so nervous about the communication in person as opposed to on social media. What makes me laugh, what is like some of the most hilarious like things that happens on social media is that you can literally say like type a comment and it'd be something like generic, like, I don't know, like, you know, what's up or what are you doing? And The people that are receiving those comments can literally think of a million reasons or a million emotions or a million ways why that comment came off so wrong or so negative or so different. Like I've seen kids show me messages on, you know, social media platforms that said something very cryptic and the kids were like, oh well, this meant something like negative or it meant something like cruel or incriminating towards them. And I was just like, what? How did you get all of this from what's up or what are you doing? And that, that's what makes me laugh. And I think that's what brings about the anxiety and the social isolation and the perceptual um, underpinnings of what people think social media is about. And it's totally misconstrued. In regards to the perceptual knowledge that people get from simple and kind of rudimentary comments that are made on there, um, and that's and that's the frequency of our interactions if over ninety percent of the people interact this way and they misconstrue what the interaction is because they don't see the emotion or the body language behind it, they kind of make judgments and inferences in regards to what people really think or what they're feeling in regards to the comments and the text messages and the emojis that they are sending via social media. And so that's why I said, and my next brownie point is, you have to be able to take a stance in reality the same ideologies and the same things that you communicate over social media have to coincide with the way that you operate in your real life and i know i'm saying that because hardly anybody does that anymore is like what is said you know through writing or communication um can be said in the physical form and to actual people. A lot of people don't do that. Um, I do that and I know people that do that. Um, but like I said, it's kind of a rare thing. in th- nowadays, like nowadays, just for the simple fact that um, people are so afraid of what other people will think if they communicate and emotions are shown and feelings are shown and eye contact and body language they fear that more than some of the the things that are said behind a screen and th- that's crazy to me and that's why when i was saying before where people said that or the 81% of people that were asked teenagers primarily um that social media had a positive outcome or was positively um, positive to them or had a positive effect on them. Um, I can't believe that because seemingly, um, just through my experiences, like I said, this is more or less my opinion on it. Um, and these are the things that I've experienced. You don't have to, um, necessarily agree with my experience on it. This is just me and kind of my upbringing and what I kind of have analyzed social media to be in my life. Um, I believe there is more sadness. There is lower self-esteem. Um, there is more depression. Um, and there is more um, and there is less self-worth and um, a longing for self uh self identity and self perception because of social media and the things that are portrayed on there to be the reality that those people are trying to exemplify um and that's it i i don't see social media to necessarily be the greatest of things in the world i think it exists um as an alternate universe For people who are trying to elude the reality that they live in now. And that's kind of how it is. And that's what I believe it to be. And I believe that to not only just be for teenagers, I believe it to be for some adults. I believe it to be for younger people, just an alternate alternate universe, an alternate reality that has been conjured up for people who are unable to communicate for people that are unable to socialize in their own reality, um, for those that are isolated, and um, for those that don't find value in communicating with others. I think it's for those people, and honestly, I mean, if we want to get if we want to get real about it, I believe a majority of people live in that type of existence. That we live in an existence that. People are afraid to socialize with other people because they're too, they're too invested in what other people think to, to really, um, to really have their own ideas and their own opinions. Um, and that's kind of why social media exists so heavily in this particular time, um, now than it has in than it has ever um and that's just kind of how it is like and I and I really truly feel that social media triggers a lot of the negative feelings that people have inside and I think it kind of creates a partition between um between reality and self um you can't exist in a world that you don't wholeheartedly live in in your mental mind. And if you don't live in it in your mental mind, then your physicality and your physical existence ceases to amuse you or ceases to interest you if social media is the outlet that you go to 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 be a different person, to characterize yourself or to demonstrate a different approach to the life that you want or the life that you want to portray. So, um, people find satisfaction in that aspect, people find happiness in that aspect, but that is only momentary. Like once you're off the screen or once you're not in those tweets or in those Instagram posts or pictures or videos, then you're kind of back to your, your regular reality. And I think people try to avoid that. Um, and let it be known that you can't undermine the reality that you live in. Um, You exist for a reason and there's a purpose for it. But I also believe that there is a purpose for social media. And I just think that people, um, I just think that people don't use it for the the idealized way in which it was created. And I think now it's become more so, a um a crutch for people um trying to live in a reality that they don't necessarily um want to perceive as something that's good or positive and it has isolated a lot of people um sometimes I can't even communicate with people because people think I'm people think I'm crazy they think I talk crazy because of how well I can communicate people seemingly don't understand. A, they don't understand people that can communicate well in the reality that they live in. Um, I don't need social media to say what I'm going to say. And I don't need it to to protect me from myself and my reality. I love living. I love my existence. I love my friends. I love my family. And I don't. Need social media to kind of be to be an escape route from the reality that I love some people do, and I'm not trying to judge any of those people by all means. you do whatever you feel is necessary for you to live and exist but I'm just saying for myself um, i don't isolate i don't isolate myself from the people that I love and I don't isolate myself in a reality that doesn't necessarily fit the actual reality that I live in. Um, Another thing that kind of people do over social media is that they compare their lives to other people, and that can be so unhealthy for you mentally. Um, I can't compare my life on social media to the billionaire people who have all the money in the world and all the riches in the world and all the materialistic things in the world, um, I can't do that because I don't live in that existence. And me seeing that via social media, um, that doesn't that doesn't interest me. Uh, for some people, it means all the world to them because it's like it's motivation for them to be whatever it is that they want to be. And that's how you see a lot of these people now trying to, quote unquote, go viral over shenanigans that, you know, are dangerous, unhealthy, could get you killed. Um, But you see a lot more of it now. All of these challenges, all of these things for people to go viral and to get famous. And people are flocking to that, especially our young people. They're flocking to Being perceived as something or someone that's cool. Um, So their comparative notion to what other people think them to be will be cool if they do this video, this TikTok video, or if they do this dance, or if they go and, you know, fight somebody in front of somebody, or if they go and do some of the shenanigans that they do online. And it's kind of disheartening to get on social media and watch these videos of kids beating each other up or adults, you know, doing stupid stuff um, for likes and for views and stuff like that. And it kind of goes back to one of my previous podcasts is just people are sheep. They're going to do any and everything that is happening to try to be somewhere where other people are. But the the flip side of that is what are you sacrificing? You're sacrificing your integrity. You're sacrificing your well-being. You're sacrificing your individuality to be like somebody that you may not ever be like. Um, There's just a lot of things that go into the comparative notion of being who you are or trying to be something you're not or trying to be like somebody that you will never be. Um, So I never believed in that aspect of social media. I think that's probably one of the worst aspects of social media is how people kind of jump on the bandwagon of doing all of these, I mean, more or less idiotic things to get likes, to get likes from people who never cared about you before. To get likes from somebody that knows nothing about who you are, doesn't know your temperament, doesn't know any characteristics, doesn't know your personality, but yet you're over here doing all of this stupid stuff to get a like from somebody that you don't know probably will never meet in your existence. I think it to be silly. Um, I, I just think it to, there's better ways to spend your time um so my brownie point to anybody that um are to anybody who's doing these things make sure you're doing it um with the idea in mind that it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be constructive for you and you're just doing it for you um never do anything to disrupt or to kind of jeopardize your integrity as a person um if you got to go out and make this twerking video or make this video about you know you doing drugs or this video about vaping or this video about you know i've seen videos about people you know being suicidal i've seen people Doing stuff to that can in, seriously get them injured. If you're doing videos and streams and things of that nature that are jeopardizing your integrity as a person, it, it's harmful. It's detrimental to you. And especially if you're posting it online, what people don't know is like you think because, oh, if I post something online, I can always delete it. That's not how it works. Once you have taken the time to put something out in the universe via the internet, it's there forever. It does not go away. Even if you do delete it, it's going to be there. Somebody will be able to find it. So you have to think twice about some of the things that you're doing on the internet and some of the videos and streams and some of the posts that you are posting on the internet because if you're not a person that that thinks through the things that you're posting and you're doing it out of in out of impulsivity or you're doing it um in spite or out of spite for other people then you're gonna find yourself incriminating yourself over time and i say this to my young people because you know Nowadays, businesses and employers, colleges, they look at that stuff. They look at what you're doing online. They look at what your internet persona is. And if you're a person that posts a bunch of stupid stuff online and you're going in for an interview or you're going in to meet these people and they already know, they already have a a good perception of who you are. Um, just based on the things that you post, um, some people lose out on jobs, professional jobs at that, just based on things that are posted online. Um, so my brownie point to everyone is don't incriminate yourself online doing things that are beneath you, doing things that are stupid, doing things for likes, doing things to go viral because at the end of the day none of that stuff matters and the people that you're seeking these likes from they don't matter it's all what you do for yourself that's how you build yourself up that's how you build your your identity that's how you perceptualize the positivity inside yourself it's okay to be creative online and i'm never and i'm never saying to stifle that i'm saying do it correctly And do it with the intent of being creative, not with the intent of having a bunch of people recognize you. Because if you recognize your abilities and your strengths and the positive things that you're doing, other people will. And it won't be for the incorrect reasons. It'll be for the right reasons. So keep that in mind when you guys are posting things or when you're making videos. Um, on social media. Make sure that it measures up to the expectation that you want it to and not just doing it for the expectation or for the love of others because not everybody's going to love you, not everybody's going to like you. So don't incriminate yourself over that. Be yourself and always and always and always and always make sure anything that you're doing is for you. Not for anybody else. And that includes social media. Think about it. So the last thing that I want to touch up on is kind of creating your own self-concept. And being able to conceptualize yourself and what you mean in kind of the digital world and what you mean in your reality. Um, there's a lot of people out there who don't have a, they don't have a contemplation of who they are as people and what they mean as people and why they are in the existence that they live in. Um, they can't perceptualize their behaviors. They can't, they can't, um, they can't conceptualize their abilities and the characteristics that make them unique they um they ultimately don't know who they are um and that's part of where the where the toxicity of social media can come into play because if you don't know who you are then you are completely and utterly easily influenced by what somebody else is and how you can mimic or emulate, um, who those people are and not necessarily be true to who you are. Um, I think you have to have a mental capacity for being self-aware and being distinguishable in regards to the things that you can do and having a consistent attitude and disposition in regards to what you are and who you are and what you mean to your own existence. Um, Social media can't provide that for you. Um, Digital devices can't provide that for you. That has to be something that you have to already exude or you have to develop by learning to experience life um, in its physicality and in its form. Um, there's a lot of people out in the world who don't want to walk in their own shoes. They always want to walk in somebody else's, but how can you be able to bear the burden of somebody else's shoes and the life they live and the experiences that they have gone through when you are too afraid or fearful to bear the weight of your own? And I I never understood that. I never understood how people could get on social media and try to encompass everything that other people are doing, but never, ever try to make the connection that, hey, if I put as much effort into trying to be somebody else, into being myself, then I might actually become something better than what I am. Um, We have to find a common ground for our identity and for our self-conceptualization con- and how we perceive ourselves. Um. For me, um, I've always been a person that has always been in-depth about the things that I wanted to develop for myself because I always made a conscious effort to learn about myself and to give myself time and the capacity to be able to understand who I was. In this day and age, and with the social media and the digital devices and the digital world, people don't care about that. They don't care to know themselves. They don't care to want to develop as people. They want to be like someone else. Or they want to perceptualize whatever is great out there to be part of their characteristics. And that's not how it works. You have to be okay in your own skin. And you have to be okay with the characteristics that make you and the beliefs that um, are encompassed in you and the things that you embody as a person to kind of answer the question of who am I and what I represent. Social media can't always decipher that for you. That has to be something that comes from within. Um, so my brownie point to, um, to you guys is to make sure, and this goes for adults, teenagers, like smaller children, you have to make sure that you are fostering a mentality that invites, um, your unique abilities and your unique characteristics to be at the forefront of who you are and that you're not mimicking or emulating somebody else's characteristics cuz you'll never be like anybody else. The only person you can be like and the only shoes that you can wear are the ones that you put on your feet every day. Um and that's truly it. Um social media can't solve that puzzle for you. Um it has to be something that comes within. Um and like I said um in the quote that um I created and said before Um, Our lives have become, and I'm just quoting it from our lives have become a series of algorithms and not empirical moments. Um, We have to step away from that. Um, We have to be able to experience the things that we're supposed to experience in life. Nobody can make those experiences for us. We have to go out there and kind of create the moments ourselves. Um, But that happens with getting out in the world and living in the reality that we're supposed to live in and not um, digitizing our lives um, based on a, a, a phone screen or computer screen. Um, we have to be the people that get out there and learn about ourselves. It's okay to have social media. I'm not saying it's that it's completely and utterly negative and bad for you. It can be fun It can be entertaining, it can be beneficial, and it can be um, informational, but we have to also bear in mind that our reality and our own experiences and living in our own shoes can also be the same. It can be beneficial, it can be knowledgeable, and we can find out a lot of things, a lot of life-defining things for ourselves. And we find consistency in our attitudes and our emotions, and we find emotional stability when we live in the life that we're supposed to live in and not an alternate one that has been been created for us, by us, and how we navigate. So my brownie point in regards to that is never let the vitality of your self-concept die because We exude ourselves in a facade that's meant for people to judge us on. It doesn't matter who you are and what you are and what you do. Your reality is your reality. And no matter how many social media outlets they create, your reality is your reality. And we have to be okay with understanding and comprehending that we need to live in that in order to learn and develop as people. Um so that's just kind of my take on it um in regards to the social media thing um make sure you are spending more time creating moments and not creating facades to get moments and that's it so this concludes um episode 12 cuz I forgot to say that at the beginning um just always remember you guys when you guys are on social media And um, when you guys are creating these profiles and creating um, a platform for yourself, whether it be, you know, Instagram, um, Facebook, and any of the other ones that are Snapchat, any of the other popular ones that um, you get into, um, just always remember that, um, yeah, it's for entertainment purposes. And yes, you know, we want people to have fun with it and everything like that. But always remember, don't let... The social media world and the media world um, as a whole um, dilute the reality that you live in and don't let it consume the reality that you live in. Um, you are you are brought into existence for a reason and your existence is beautiful. Um, nothing that you can do nor create um, to falsify a life that is not yours be better than the life that you live in now. Um, always remember that you guys, um, I'm totally an advocate for people being entertained and their facades um, on Facebook and on, on, on other social media platforms, Instagram and all the other ones. But um, you have to also bear in mind that um, social media can also be a toxic place if that is where you believe your reality to exist. Um, Aside from the life that you live outside of, you know, being in front of a screen. Um, So that's just my brownie points to you guys. Live your life. Don't let social media platforms dictate who you are and don't allow them to create a person or a personification of a person that is not you. Um, So that concludes this episode. Um, Once again, my name is Terrence Brown and these are the brownie points.